You are listening to the Lima Community Church Podcast. The following was recorded at Lima Community Church of the Nazarene in Lima, Ohio. All right, I've already been to church today. How about you? Praise the Lord. Yeah, have you sought the Lord and he's heard and he's answered? Can I get an amen to that? And I hope that sticks with you all week long. You know, before I move into uh, what I want to share um, as we finish this kind of two-week series on trying to talk about prayer, move us uh, uh, maybe along in prayer, help us understand prayer a little bit more, and be willing to interact with prayer more, uh, I just want to share this with you. I want to let you know that about two weeks ago, Wes Reese, Pastor Wes, informed us of his resignation from his position here at the church. We've been thankful for Wes's ministry over the nearly eight years with us here, and he will be missed. Wes and Megan have asked for as little fanfare as possible in their departure, and we want to honor that. And so we are still working on a way to allow you to express your thanks to them. So please keep your eyes out for that. And uh, I just want to take a moment. I don't know if Wes is, is in the room right now. Is Wes here? There he is. He's in the back. With little fanfare, right? But uh, can we just say thank you to Wes for his years of service here? Okay, a lot of times I begin and throw something on the screen. And if you're like me and you listen to somebody else, sometimes you're, you're still trying to kind of get in this listening mode. And a lot of times you glance at the screen, but... I really want you just to, to soak in and see these words, these four statements of Jesus, okay? Read, uh, listen as I read this, and you can see it on the screen. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You got that? Jesus, John chapter 14 John chapter 15, John chapter 16, Thursday night before he heads to uh, Gethsemane, before he's arrested, tried, and crucified. Within you know, 12 or 15 hours of that, these are the words he's saying to his disciples and us. I will do whatever you ask in my name. He would go on to say in that same conversation, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. John chapter 16. Same conversation. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I won't be here. He's you know, talking about when he's going to ascend to the Father. But very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask... And you will receive, and your joy will be complete. In Mark 11, a story with Jesus in some of his teaching would say this, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done. 
Is your reaction like my reaction to those statements of Jesus? Because here's my reaction. What? Say that again? Ask anything in my name and it will be done. Are you kidding me? Did I read that right? Where have I been all my life? I remember as a young believer starting to wrestle with some of these, uh, these words of Scripture and remembering thinking, oh my goodness, these are some bold declarations of Jesus. And as I'm learning to pray and wrestling with what prayer is, how it works, what I can expect, just like all of us are still wrestling with that. And that's why these two weeks... I just always want to, on a regular rhythm, talk about this great privilege we have to come before the Heavenly Father and pray. That He hears and that He answers, that He cares and He calls us to pray. And probably, as Oswald Chambers says, prayer doesn't uh, set up for the greatest work. It is the greatest work. I mean, Jesus models this in His life. He was praying all the time. And I'm wrestling with this and I'm like, okay, uh, all right, ask whatever, ask anything. So I'm like, okay, you told me to ask. Lord, I really would love to be a millionaire. Am I the only one that's ever prayed that? Come on, honestly. You've never thought in your mind, oh, I'd love to have a million dollars. Like, well, if it's like this, I'm going to at least ask. So, Lord, I'd love to be a millionaire. That was my prayer. Ask anything. Some of you are like, oh, my goodness, who is this guy now? What are you going to say next? You know, I'm still not a millionaire. And it's okay. But I begin to realize something in Scripture that's powerful. That I believe that we, we live at a lesser place than what God desires for us to live as His children. Because obviously, that was a trivial thing, asking to be a millionaire. But as I know in other parts of my life, and as you know, we've prayed a lot of prayers before. We've sought the Lord at different times for different things, and things have not worked out how we thought they would. And often, I think the common words that describe our understanding of prayer are in a couple words, disappointment, and we become uncertain. What should I be praying about? Why doesn't this work? Why does this work sometimes and not others? Why does God hear somebody else's prayer and doesn't seem to hear mine? Are you with me this morning? If you've never asked those questions, you need to start thinking about this. Like, you've not thought about prayer because prayer is like this. Is it not? And oftentimes what happens is um, there's things about prayer that we seemingly don't understand or we're disappointed, we become uncertain, and we have a tendency to start to shrink back from prayer. We don't lean in, we shrink back. All the while, 
Jesus is trying to explain to us as God's child, this is what God desires for his children to do, to ask, to be bold, to be confident. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, he said these words, men always ought to pray and not lose heart and not quit. God's plan for our lives is a competent, bold, expectant prayer life. He just expects his children to live like that. Jesus models this, and it's why Jesus can freely just say, ask anything in my name and it will be done for you. Like that's just how he lived. That's what he believed. That's what he knew. And as God's child also, he is desiring for you and I to not shrink back from prayer, but to lean into it. That's why we're anchored in 1 John chapter 5 uh, this week, uh, these two weeks, and I want to read this to you. John, uh, the apostle, you know, Peter, James, and John, that would be that John, um, really close to Jesus, uh, writes the gospel of John, and then he writes after having shared the gospel, and he's writing to believers in this epistle, he writes this thing, these, these words. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Justin unpackaged that last week, that in this living confidently and then praying confidently, it's born out of this secure relationship, knowing that I am a child of God. And that as a child, the Father invites me to come boldly to the throne of grace. Right? This word, uh, this is the confidence, and that word confidence is freedom of speech. It's kind of the no filter kind of mentality. Anybody have that, uh, that person in your life that doesn't have a filter? Are you that person in your own life? Or in other people's lives, you're just like, you know, that relative that when you invite people over, you're like, oh, I hope... And there's no filter, and then you're apologizing, you know, and trying to smooth things out. They just speak freely, right? They just... That's what I love about people who are advanced in age. Can I say that? Advanced in age. That they just begin to develop a freedom of speech that's beautiful. They just kind of don't worry anymore. Like, what do I got to lose now? Like, I'm almost done here, so let's just say it how it is. You know? It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's refreshing. That's the kind of confidence. This is the confidence. This is the freedom of speech. This is the no filter that we can have in coming to the Father. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we, here it is again, ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. 
I would remind you in John chapter 20 in the gospel of John, John had said these things about writing that gospel. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John says, I wrote, I wrote this gospel so that you might be introduced to Jesus and you would start to come to faith in him. It's in 1 John that he writes to believers and 39 times he uses the word no. It's like, okay, you following Jesus, I want you to be confident in that walk. I want you to lean into everything that this relationship has for you. I want you to know, and for 39 times in five chapters, he uses the word no. Man, that's like, okay, I get it, I know, right? I want you to know, I want you to know, I want you to know, I want you to know. And he finishes this book by touching on this topic of prayer because it's essential for every believer to, to experience, to practice, to live with prayer. And he says, I want you to know that even your prayer life can be one that is filled with confidence. Ask me for anything. Ask whatever you wish. Ask and you will receive. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it. If you're like me, you read these words and then you ask yourself this question, why don't I get everything I've asked for then? Are you with me there? Yeah. Common uh, messages that exist out there is, is, well, you just didn't have enough faith. You, you just needed more faith. And the reason why somebody else's prayer was answered is because they, they have more faith than you. And if you can just keep having or try to have more faith, then God will then answer your prayers. You ever heard this? Right? Often we're like, well, I guess I'm disappointed again. I'm not good enough. I don't believe enough. You feel this uncertainty. It's disappointment. Lord, I, I felt like I was, felt like I was sincere. I had no ulterior motive. Um, I believe in your power and your ability. Why doesn't this happen? And so I want to take just a few moments to maybe clarify what it means to ask God and the confidence that can come out of that and a little bit of like guidelines or guardrails that help us understand that as we're asking what God has promised in his word to us. You know, every time he says ask, there's always these little phrases also accompanied with it. Ask, and then he says, in my name. He says, if your words remain in me, or if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Whatever you ask in my name, it will be done. John here says this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, and what's the few little words after that? According to his will. We can be confident that he is absolutely going to answer that prayer. We need to wrestle a little bit with what it means to pray in his name and according 
to his will. Um, I, let me share this with you, that actually a chapter before, or two chapters before, John had said this to these same readers. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. If we have a clear conscience, if we're, it's like he talked about in chapter 1. If we're walking in the light as he is in the light... We have this confidence. I'm walking with God. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out, but I am trying to follow Jesus. I'm trying to walk in what I know to be right and true. I'm responding to God's word. If we do this, we have confidence before God and we receive from him anything we ask. There we go again. Because we keep his commands, clarifying phrase, because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. Part of in his name and according to his will is having a clear conscience before God, having an obedient lifestyle, and then having a seeking heart after the things of God. Does that make sense? Does that make you feel better or worse? So I'm really not a health and wealth teacher up here, right? I'm not telling you, you know what? Go for it. Pray for a million dollars. Go for it. And then just trust. If somehow God enables you to be a millionaire, well, answer prayer. If he doesn't, it wasn't his will. That's where I live. You know, I've prayed to be a millionaire and then haven't thought a thing about it. I'm not disappointed with God. And I'm not uncertain about his goodness in my life. I ask him. He said, ask anything. And then I said, Lord, I ask you, if it's, in, if it's in your will, guess what? The word says, I'm going to be a millionaire. Amen. If it doesn't happen, then it wasn't his will. Doesn't that sound simple? Yep. Now let's talk about his will. I, I want to just talk about for a minute this 90%, 10% principle. Remember Jesus said these words, that we are to pray as we prayed this morning, your kingdom come and your will be done. This is constantly our prayer. This is Jesus in the garden modeling for us what it means to follow the Father. Not my will, but your will be done. Right? And actually, in understanding that, even though Jesus walked through tremendous suffering and pain for us, Hebrews says that it was a joyful thing for him to go through this because it secured the greatest good. You see, the will of the Father is always the best good in your life. Yeah. Can I say that again? The will of the Father is always for the greatest good in your life. No one's hearing me. Those words are impactful. Because oftentimes we think about the will of God and it's like, oh, that's scary. It's um, maybe challenging. or it's, um, And we tend to like, oh. And yet always without fail, God's will becomes the greatest good in your life. Because he's good. <laughs> this 90 10%, 90%, 10% principle is basically this. That if we are to pray and we are to have this confidence and boldness in asking God, 
but we clarify it with in his will and according to his name. But if it's in his will and it's in his name, then it's going to happen. That's confidence. I mean, I really believe that. If I pray, I pray now this way. God, I'm praying about this situation, and I'm praying for your will to be done. And I believe that your will is going to be done because I'm praying about this. Now, you can show me what decision to make, and I'll follow it. But I truly believe God doesn't leave us in the dark. He doesn't leave us confused, that he has an answer for us, yes, no, or maybe he delays it, but he hears us, and he will work out his will in our life. That's just the confidence he wants his children to have. But the 90% principle is, well, I'm just wrestling with God's will. Can I remind you that 90% of God's will has already been given to us in his word? Like, okay, if I'm praying and I'm in the will of God and I have confidence in the will of God, what does the will of God look like? Well, 90% of his will is in his word already, right? And like, I just need to know that as I walk according to the word of God and I live out the will of God as it's revealed in his word, then my prayers become more and more efficacious and powerful because I'm living in his will. It's what James says that the, the, the effective, the fervent prayer of a righteous man is super effective because God, God promises if you're in my will, you're my child, and you're praying, and you want my will, then I'm going to answer. I'm going to work it out. I know these are hard things for us to hear because it's become such a morass of of confusion, and, and we've lost sight of so many things, and we've shrunk back, and we've seen too many things, and we've lost heart, and we, right? But I'm reminding you, hopefully in these two weeks, we're reminding you that God's plan for his kids are to pray boldly and confidently and expectantly. And Selah, she just comes in and asks for anything. And she doesn't think a thing about it. And she's so persistent. Like yesterday, it was 10 times on the same thing. Like she just figured out a way. I think it's just as we're getting older in our old age, we're getting soft. You know, and it's like, but dad, I really want to do that. Or dad, I really want this. And it's like, right? But she doesn't come in with guilt or shame or hesitancy. Why? Because there's confidence in the relationship she has. I'm her dad. I have a lot of things or a lot of resources, she thinks. And she just is like, well, dad can do it, right? This is just a little snapshot of the heavenly father wanting and desiring for us to live out his purposes and plans. He wants us to come boldly. And if I'm living in his will as as I walk with him, and again, I didn't say perfectly, right? None of us have been able to live this perfectly except for one, Christ Jesus. But as I'm walking with him and I'm teachable and I'm humble and I'm repentant and I'm just growing and I'm trying to understand the will of God, I can pray confidently that 
I'm beginning to see what God sees and feel what God feels and know what God knows. And it begins to create an alignment in my life that I want the things God wants and I can begin to pray and things happen and are accomplished. That's what the Word of God says. Let's talk about some barriers that stop us from living in the will of God according to Scripture. What are those? What are a big part of that 90% of in the will of God? Well, James 4 would say this, You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you did not ask God. Barrier number one is we fail to ask. Okay, the scriptures say that the will of God is for you to ask. Ask anything, whatever you ask. Have we come to a point where we're so numb and so unbelieving that we don't even entertain the idea that maybe I should ask God about this? See, the Father wants you to just instinctually ask Him. Like, well, God, what do you think about this? What should I do, God? Right? And barrier is often you don't have because you didn't ask. He would go on to say another barrier is this. When you ask, you did not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. So evidently, barrier number two is we ask selfishly. Evidently, my desire to be a millionaire is probably a little bit selfish. Amen? Probably in his, God in his wisdom and his goodness as a good father is like, you know what, if I give him a million bucks, he might be prone to forget about me. He might be prone or tempted to sin in ways that would make him rely on his resources that I've given him and not me. Right? And I've come to a place where I'm good with that. Evidently, I don't need a million bucks because maybe I'd be prone to trust in stuff like that instead of God. Right? Barrier is we ask selfishly often. Thank God that he knows better than us what's good for us oftentimes. Remember the old Garth Brooks song? I'm dating myself a little bit here. Uh, he, he sung about unanswered prayers. Right? Like some of the best Things that ever happened were unanswered prayers, right? Barrier number three is this. Isaiah, Psalms, I'm using Isaiah, but Psalms would say this. Your iniquity, your sin has separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Barrier is we have unconfessed sin. Like the idea that we're living a lifestyle that is in violation of God's will and his word, and then we're asking God to do things in our life, it doesn't, com it doesn't compute, right? It's as crazy as me really going down, driving down to Huntington Bank on Market, you know that bank, right? Driving down there with a revolver, a pistol, and my coat. And I'm ready to go in there, and I'm ready to rob the bank, on my journey to rob the bank, it's like me praying, God, would you please help me to successfully rob this bank? Lord, I pray that when I go in there, that the drawer will be full, that the safe will be easily accessible, 
and that it will be 20 minutes before anybody ever hits a button and I get out of there. How absurd does that sound? Right? You're like, you can't pray to rob a bank. Why not? Because robbing a bank is in clear violation of God's word. Amen? That's what he's saying here. Like, okay, you want to clearly live a lifestyle opposite of God, but then you want to ask God to bless your lifestyle. What? God would not be good in any stretch of the imagination, to give us those things to continue to pursue our own separation from him. Like, eh, I don't think so. Right? Like, what kind of father would I be if my kids came in and, you know, hey, Dad, I want to buy some brass knuckles so I can beat that kid up at school tomorrow. What kind of father would I be to be like, hey, yeah. Right? So in the will of God and in his name is, is living with confessed sin and obedient lifestyle. Fourth thing is this. Remember when I quoted Mark where Jesus said, have faith in God, pray in this mountain, be moved. He continued to say this, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, again, here's the theme, asking in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you are praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. A barrier to prayer is when we have an unforgiving spirit. And this is the one we all are like, oh, great. But it's true. This is not the only place that God talks about how do you live in the will of God? You live with a forgiving spirit. And maybe your prayers are hitting the ceiling because you have unresolved resentment, bitterness, and unforgiveness in your life. Let it go and unleash the power of God. There's another thing. It's kind of in this way. In one, I picked out one scripture. I think this is kind of fun. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them as res with respect. Don't get flipped out about these as the weaker partner and it heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will what? Hinder your prayers. Another in the will, living in the will and in Jesus' name is not having unresolved relational issues. Can I admit to you that Nicole and I argue at times? Is that okay? Can I still be your pastor? And I remember even sometimes in the first years, it was an argument that continued, and it included me going and getting in the car and driving around for a half hour. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Stewing about it and finally coming back and blah, blah, blah. You know, some of you are like, dude, this guy. Yeah, argument. But I always knew that if we were in the middle of an argument, me praying to the Lord was ridiculous. I first of all needed to have reconciliation with her before I had confidence in my prayers. Maybe some of the reason why your prayers aren't effective is because there's a lot of unresolved relational issues. God wants you to be at peace. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen? Amen? My point to you today is this. In praying, if we're leaning into the 
I think it becomes very natural for us to just trust God completely and then asking for the other 10%. Where I live, what car I drive, right? All those things. And God has promised this, that if you'll live in my name and walk according to my will, as, you know, this is not perfection, that he will, he will answer whatever we've asked of him. Ask anything in my name. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, Lord, I don't know where I'm supposed to work. That's not in the Bible. I'm trying to walk in the 90% of your will, and I'm open to whatever. I'm asking you to close doors and open doors, and I'm trusting you. I just saw this happen in our church just a month ago. A couple practiced this. He, he was let go of a job in an industry that he worked for years, and it just was, they were downsizing. And I watched them just patiently, confidently, and expectantly just pray, Lord, open doors. We're just going to trust you. Did he put his resumes out? Yes. But all the while he was praying, Lord, just open and close the doors you want. Guess what? It's so cool to drive by his workplace the other day and him pulling out and wave at him in his new work, at his new workplace. This is what he desires for his children to live with. Just a confidence. Father, you'll show me your will. You'll guide me. I'm trying to walk in your word. And Lord, as your child, you're not trying to be uncertain with me. And I know some of you today are asking, well, what about the free will of men? Thank God for the dignity of, of, that God has given us to have free will. And it is true that if you're praying for a loved one, God will not, will not violate the dignity of their free will and just make them saved. I'm talking about things that pertain to your life as his child. I would encourage you to keep praying for them. Brad shared with me this week, D.L. Moody, the famous evangelist, had a list in his lifetime of 100 people he prayed to get saved. He would pray every day for these 100 people. 96 of those people got saved while D.L. Moody was still alive. Four didn't. They went, those four were at his funeral and got saved at his funeral. Don't stop praying for your loved one. But what I'm talking to you about today is your walk with God. Him taking care of you. Keep praying for their, that they'll exercise their free will. But don't get hung up and stop leaning into what God has for your life. He wants you to boldly, confidently ask him. Father, I pray today as we continue to learn what it is to pray. Lord, may we be confident children who just believe that the Father wants to lead us, has a plan. He knows the bigger perspective. He knows the better plan. He knows the greater purposes. And I can trust Him. And I'll walk in His Word and I'll, I'll live according to His will and then I'll trust Him to work out the details of the 10%. He promises 
he will. Lord, give us that kind of boldness and confidence in your goodness and in your love. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. And if you would agree today, would you say amen? Amen. Have a great week. Be blessed. Keep praying. Thank you for listening. For more information about our church, visit limacommunitychurch.com.